0: Domestic violence is the pandemic that no one is talking about. Over the past year, domestic violence has increased exponentially and made it more difficult for survivors to access services. In order to address the domestic violence problem in our community, Harbor House of Kankakee has developed a way for you to make a difference. Join the Community Commission to end domestic violence. The Commission educates and activates the community by developing awareness initiatives Specialized training and prevention activities so as to connect survivors to Harbor House and change the cultural response to domestic violence, thus creating a safer, stronger community. Commission members meet the third Thursday of every month at 5.30 via Zoom. Register for upcoming meetings at harborhousedv.org forward events. Together, we can end domestic violence. This message brought to you by Kankakee Podcast. To submit your nonprofit organization's PSA, email kankakeepodcast at gmail.com. Thankful for the way
1: these stories hold on To the lifetime we won't give back
0: is carrying Welcome to Kankakee Podcast. I'm Jay Clamore, and uh, this podcast is all about the people and places of Kankakee County. This is uh, just our second episode getting into things, and uh, things have been going really well so far. And I uh, just want to say thank you for all the love and support we've been getting so far for the podcast. Um, one of the things that I announced early on before we even started Uh, releasing episodes was that we were going to be partnering up with the Kankakee County Museum once a month to do a episode specifically based um, on something around the museum, uh, whether it's an exhibit in the museum or something that the museum just has a lot of information on historically. Um, So... um, this is uh, the first episode that we are doing with the Kankakee County Museum, and uh, with me today to kind of do like an introduction is uh, Veronica Featherston, uh, who is the new executive director, and uh, Barbara. I'm I just realized I don't know your last name. Oh
2: Dubrovic.
0: Dubrovic that. Mm-hmm. That's not French, is, is it?
2: No. I'm it's... I'm German, but my last name is Croatian, but my grandfather was Slovak. So oh my you gosh. can make that out. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: Wow. Um and I know this is the only the second time we met, so I was like, I realized like I don't know her last name. And and I'm still like, even though um I'm still getting used to saying featherston instead of um no, I'm forgetting. Butterfield. Butterfield. There we go. <laughs> Goodness gracious. So it's it's kind of funny when I, I was still rolling out everything for Kankakee Podcast. You had messaged me when you first became the executive director because that was what in, in March or February yeah. that that was announced?
1: February it was announced. March yeah. it was official. Yeah.
0: And uh, you're like, hey, we're thinking about doing a podcast and wanted to know if, you know, we could work together. And, and it was so funny that you had messaged me because I was literally thinking the same thing because I wanted to do a lot of historical content for this podcast, not only like currently of, of people and and places in the County, but past places Mm -hmm. as well. So it was just perfect timing. And, uh, you and I went to grade school together. We were both in third grade. With uh, Mrs. Taylor at Mantino Elementary. And I was just thinking about that the other day, that that school is not even there anymore. Yeah. That building. So there's another historical thing. That was the, I believe, the original high school in Mantino. That building. Could be. Because my, my, my uh, grandfather went there for high school.
1: Yeah. I know (laughs) my dad went to the junior high for high school. Yeah,
0: exactly. The junior high was once a high school Mm -hmm. and, and, um, all that. So it's just funny how, you know, it's a, it's a small world and and things just kind of come full circle. So, um, but, uh, I just want to say congratulations on your new position. And, um, I, I was just kind of curious to hear, like, I, I know a little bit about, how you got involved with the museum originally, but just kind of give me a refresher course on how you uh, started to get involved in the museum.
1: Yeah, um, I actually studied anthropology at Illinois State University, and it was through my studies there that I um, applied for an internship with the Field Museum, And that was actually the first time I knew we had a museum in Kankakee (laughs) County. Um, Wait, we
0: have a museum? (laughs)
1: Yeah. Uh, Part of what my internship was was to um, go to cultural events in our area Uh in Kankakee. And um, so I had to do a lot of research on what was even here, and that's when I found the museum. And um, from that, I met Hannah. Hannah Swale. Swale, yes. Uh, I met Hannah Swale when I went, and she kind of told me about the volunteer opportunities, and I started going once or twice um, a month on Saturdays just as a greeter, and um, went. it just kept growing. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's so cool. Yeah. And uh, then now you're like at the top kind of. Yeah. So to speak. I
1: never would so have so dreamed speak.
0: it. <laughs> well, good for you. Congratulations. Thank you. And then Barbara, how did, how did you get involved with the museum? Where do you come in?
2: Um, yeah. So I kind of knew about the museum when I was in high school because I was always into history and stuff. And then I think I came here for a wedding and that's how I found out about it here. Then I was interested in it, kind of, and then when I went to school, I studied music and art history, and then I did some museum kind of studies on the side, but I wanted an internship one summer, so I did an internship at the museum in the collections, and then kind of I graduated, and then I wasn't even in Virginia at Colonial Williamsburg for a little bit. Wow. Um, And then I came back here, and I was like, I want to work at the museum somehow (laughs) if I can. Um, and that's how I, I talked to Veronica and, yeah, I started working there in the collections.
0: Okay. Are you originally from the area?
2: Yeah, I'm from um, Bradley Bourbonnais area. Oh, okay. So I think I technically live kind of in Bradley, but I have a Bourbonnais mm-hmm. address towards St. George, kind <laughs> of, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is one of those gray areas, too. Mm-hmm. Um because you saw that I have a Kankakee address, but technically this is Bradley. Yeah. But the river is right in my mm-hmm. backyard, so um, it's just, it's really weird. Like I didn't, I didn't realize that this neighborhood back here was classified as, as Kankakee, or well, a Kankakee address, but village of Bradley until I looked at the house and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I had no idea. So, um, yeah, I I still don't. I'm still trying to understand how. Yeah, I live in I live in
2: Mantino now, and then I discovered like part of Mantino kind of like goes into Kankakee at parts, and I'm like, you're always (laughs) learning something new around here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it just never stops, and it's just another reason why um, you know we're partnering up together once a month to just learn something cool. That's because. Our, our history in Kankakee County is so rich. There's so many things happening. And you just see that right when you walk into the museum doors. You just see all these things. Um, because the museum, I, I feel like pe- when people first hear about the museum, if they haven't been there yet, they think, oh, it can't be that big, right? Eh, no. But but it's actually a lot bigger mm-hmm. than you think. You go in there and it just keeps going. Mm-hmm. And there's you expect to just see maybe a few cool things and that's about it, but there's a there's a, a big variety of things you would never expect to see, <clears throat> excuse me, in um in the museum I feel like, just from the, the couple times that I've been there so far. Mm-hmm. Um but then on the other side of things you also have the the French Heritage Museum as well which I still need to I need to venture into that one I'm ashamed that I haven't yet because of my French Canadian background but I will we'll get there one of these days during this um during this work we're doing together but um so so let's uh, as as I said this is just kind of like an introduction like someone that maybe isn't super familiar with the museum Um, How do you in like conversation, I'm sure it happens at parties or just you meet someone at the store. They're like, hey, where are you working now? And you're like, oh, I work at the Kankakee County Museum. And maybe they've never heard of it or they've never been there. What do you usually tell them? Like just to.
1: Well, to start off, most people, even if they haven't heard of the Kankakee County Museum, they've probably heard of Small Memorial Park. Um, A lot of events take place even in our um, comm gardens or at the Civic Auditorium. So I usually start with, oh, it's over by Small Memorial Park or (laughs) the Civic Auditorium. Yeah. It's that that big building <laughs> with the two other buildings.
0: Right, exactly. It's yeah. like you can't miss it. It's right there.
1: And um, it's funny you say that because my I actually got married there at the Column Garden myself. Oh, okay.
0: Uh-huh. And How funny. Yeah, <laughs> and
1: people that came to my wedding still ask me, where did where that work? <laughs> the same Do you place remember I got my wedding? <laughs>
0: Do you remember where that wedding yeah. was? It's right there. Yeah, It's right next door.
1: It does get a little confusing trying to explain the difference between the Kankakee County Museum and the French Heritage Museum, though. Both are umbrellaed under the Kankakee County Historical Society. Obviously, they're in two different locations. The Kankakee County Museum we call a museum campus because it has the main building and then the schoolhouse as well as the small, Dr. Small House. Um, So that's museum campus. And then although the French Heritage Museum is ours, it is downtown Kankakee on Indiana Avenue, and that is um, at the old Stone Barn. So people usually recognize that more by the name Stone Barn rather than French Heritage Museum. Yeah. Or you can explain it's across the street from the Park District um, Rec Center.
0: Yes. Yeah, so. the the old armory, yes. as I was always told mm-hmm. growing up. <laughs> so, yeah, and it's so strange. Like, it's a building you. Can't, I feel like you can't miss because right. there's no other building like it in, in downtown Kankakee. It's just this stone barn building. In fact, it's the oldest building, right, mm-hmm. in yes. the city. I don't know if in the— in the county that's a different story but as far as the the city goes it's it's the oldest which is really cool and and um that the historical society has has taken the time to preserve it okay. um so yeah let's jump into this introduction where should we start hmm. i know there's just there's so many things Let, should we talk about what's in the museum that people are going to find sure or, i i wasn't sure yeah. um how uh veronica and barbara how you wanted to To start that off.
1: We'll uh, we'll start with what's in the museum. Would you like to talk about the exhibits.
2: Sure. All right. So, as you said, we have a lot more exhibits than people sometimes realize. But, yeah, the big one is um, Story of Kankakee. If you kind of, let me just turn here to make sure I'm getting all of my (laughs) info right. Yeah, Um, yeah. so it's now the Connie Lacone Gallery, but that is kind of, if you want kind of an overview of Kankakee, um, that's in there. That has a lot of prehistoric, a little thing there, um, some Native American history, um, what else is there? We have info on Frank Lloyd Wright in there. There's kind of a little video that plays on the railroad, basically how Tanka became what it is and how it's evolved over time. Um, the other kind of next to that one is the printing press room. That's one of my personal favorites. <laughs> um, we have a room that's set up basically like you're stepping into a printing press from the past, and we have the big printing press there, the little key um, things on the side and then what else we have two war exhibit rooms um we have the ponton gallery which has world war one world war two um uss kankakee that's always a popular one and a giant ship wheel also i think that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah i
0: enjoyed uh, looking at that
2: yeah And then kind of next to that is our other one. It's kind of local heroes. There's still quite a bit of military history in there, but there's kind of a focus on people from the county who kind of help make up that history and story, which is pretty cool. And then we also have um, a newer exhibit, which has been a couple years, but I also really like that one is the African-American history exhibit, Mm -hmm. um, detailing a lot of the cool history of African-Americans in the county and all of their contributions, both on a local and national level. Um, we also have the Radke Brewing Exhibit. That's also pretty popular. <laughs> I
0: can't imagine why. Yeah. <laughs> People don't like breweries anymore, do I know. they? Oh,
2: yeah. So we actually have a long history of breweries here in Kankakee County. And
0: everyone thinks it's just Brickstone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way so, before Brickstone, everybody. Yes.
2: <laughs> and then, yeah, that one has, like, actually a lot if you come – and want to get, like, prints or postcards, a lot of the images are actually from the Radeke Brewing Company. So that's just a fun thing. And then kind of next to that one, that's located within our Golden Age exhibit, which kind of the early 20th century broadly in the United States is referred to as the Golden Age um and that has our governors exhibit of the three governors of that came from Kankakee County. Um, some photos of some of the really cool old houses that are sadly not around anymore. And we even have I really like that as we have kind of a faux fireplace. And um, a mirror, kind of like a little sitting room area set up so you can, like, see little things like how a sitting room would have looked. I always really like that.
0: Yeah, every time I've walked by it, I just want to sit down and have, like, some cognac or something. (laughs) I
2: (laughs) I definitely (laughs) want it to be, like— Oh, can I sit on these chairs in this <laughs> right. lounge here? Yeah, <laughs> just
0: it just and you almost just want to actually have a real fire in there but obviously you don't but <laughs> know. you know what I mean it just yeah it just it brings you in right away
2: I know, and I love kind of the little—I always love whenever you have kind of a history exhibit where it's like, you know, an interior or something, all of the little touches. So there's like gloves on the side and little bottles if you look really closely in there. So those are things I appreciate. Um, yeah, and we have said the governors. And then, gosh, I'm even when I'm going through this list, I'm like, oh, wow, there's so much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what I'm saying, and, and, it, and it's all— um it's a big museum, but at the same time, I mean, there's always room for more, right? I, know. I mean, I've seen the the back room of all the things that you guys don't have out, so yes. you know. Yeah. Um, there's just so many things, but yeah, continue. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah,
2: sorry. Oh no, you're good. Um, we have the sports <clears throat> room, which I think is pretty cool. I am not the most, you know, greatest sport aficionado. So. <laughs> I'm
0: not either, yeah. <laughs> but I still appreciated that room. Yes. Though seeing all the the sports memorabilia was pretty cool. I you
2: know, and we have some really cool pieces in there. And I think that's what I think. I think you know, even if you're not into history, maybe you're into sports, and there's a lot of really cool sports stuff in there. We actually have some. Um, people who are important nationally, um, who are from Kankakee So you can learn about those people with basketball. I think football, baseball, school teams, all kinds of things. And then we have um, a really big one is the Barnard Gallery. Um, that's kind of our gallery. Let's see. How do I? How do I explain this? It's yeah. It's a big gallery of the. Um, it's not. Is it statues or is it sculptures? Sculptures. sculptures I was like, yeah. how would sculptures. I say this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, of George Grey Barnard, who is a really important um, sculptor, and there's like giant pieces in there. It's kind of like. That's, I think, kind of the most quintessential museum room where you walk through. And it's like, I always think of that scene in Pride and Prejudice where, like, Lizzie walks through and then there's the Barnard Gallery, which is, like, similar to that. I yeah. always think that's what it reminds me of. <laughs> um, but that's really cool. And that's also when we do the art show, um, the works go in there, too. Okay. Um, so if you ever come and have, like, from the high school art show, they're going to be in there. So you'll get to see them. That's Awesome. Yeah, and we have Lincoln's hands are in that room. Too. Right, that's
0: a that's a big thing. What's the story behind the Lincoln's hands? I've only just heard of them, and I think the first time I heard of them was they went missing or someone stole them. Yeah, and but then they were somehow returned.
1: It I, was miraculous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I I, th- I think about it now, I'm like maybe that was just a, a way to get uh, people's attention at the museum. I'm just kidding. Maybe. Um, but but um, yeah, what's the story behind Lincoln's hands?
1: It's actually kind of unknown still um, who took them. The, uh-huh. the theory is it, it might have been um, a school group that came through, uh-huh. possibly a student uh-huh. um, might have taken it. And maybe mom found out. And <laughs> and when she read in the papers that the FBI was getting involved, <laughs> decided to bring them back. Yeah. But it's still kind of unknown. Um, but they did return. Well, that's good. <laughs> so that's the important thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um but uh like historically what's the um what's the story behind Lincoln's hands do you know
1: Um George Grey Barnard just had a very um
2: fascination he, Yeah he, he had yeah. a big
1: fascination of Lincoln and so there's actually his um face sculptures or I think there's two of them um in the collection as well and it it just he just liked Lincoln <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, who who doesn't? Yeah. It's just an interesting—he's uh, a big part of, obviously, American history, but mm. especially here in Illinois, where he spent a lot of his life. Yeah, so.
2: and he did—he went on to make, uh, you know, sculptures all around the U.S., and so he did these the studies. And I think the Lincoln ones, the kind of thing it's based off of is, I think, in an Ohio— it looks like, mm-hmm. um, which was commissioned by the Tafts. So he went on, you know, a lot of the themes at the museum are like the study pieces or like the practice things mm-hmm. that he used as a model for his official things. Okay.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. One, one thing that I really liked when I went in there, um, it definitely was the the printing room just because yeah. of uh, my my grandfather having Weber printing in Mantino for so long. I was just fascinated with seeing because like literally almost everything in the printing uh, press room is like stuff that he had in his print shop yeah. and actually still has. So it was just kind of like weird to see that <laughs> in a museum, but also very cool. I just you know kind of felt like home. But um, I know Barbara, you said. That's one of your favorite mm-hmm. parts. What's one of your favorite parts? I think I already know Veronica, but.
1: I would have, my favorite part in the museum. Yeah. I would have to say is actually the World War II, World War One. Oh, exhibit. that's not what I thought you were no. going to say.
0: I thought you were going to tell me about the. The um, Growing Seasons exhibit. The Growing exhibit. Seasons yes. exhibit.
1: <laughs> um, I can't say that's my favorite just because it's temporary. So sadly it will be coming down after this year. Mm-hmm. So get out to the museum <laughs> to see it. Um, but I do, I I do love the Growing Seasons exhibit. I've I'm lucky to have been there from it becoming ours um mm-hmm. to now it being on display. But that one is our special exhibit we put up last year, just before COVID, we had yeah. all the plans set out. And then everything happened um, with COVID and everything was set back. But we still got it up and ready to go. And we're going to keep it up for one more year so people can hopefully come out and see it and enjoy it. The Growing Seasons exhibit is based off a children's book titled Growing Seasons by a local author, Elsie Lee Spleer. And it's about uh, growing up on a farm um, in the early 1900s. So it can relate to a lot of people around here,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um, the book is also for sale, and we actually own the rights to the book, so um, we republished it. It's all in watercolor, and the um, artist is local as well, that's Ken Stark. Um, he worked for the journal for many years. And we have a lot of his pieces also. Yes. Um, he's very talented. We we love having his art on display. So, so
0: is the, bo- the book for sale at yes. the museum too? It is. It's okay. for
1: sale at our store.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of uh, cool um, things you can pick up at the the gift shop, if you will. Yes. I guess that's probably what it, it's yes. called, right? Gift shop. Um, and um, I really also liked... Um, I was fascinated with the the governor's room with the mm-hmm. the um, the fireplace mantle that Barbara mentioned too, and I always feel like maybe a big th- part of Kankakee's success was probably having three governors come out of of the city. Certainly I mean, helps, <laughs> right? I mean that, and and it was all in the what the twentieth century, mm-hmm. so spanned out a little bit, but you know. Um, now, what's, what's something that you were really fascinated or, or surprised to learn about, like when you first started working at the museum, if you remember back at that time?
1: For me, I could not believe how much stuff was in the back. It's, <laughs> you, you come in and you see the exhibits, you have no idea Mm-hmm. How much there actually is in that building? Mm-hmm. It's insane. <laughs> yeah,
0: when when you were showing the, the 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 archives or the the back room, I was just blown away too. Especially with, um, the room with the the rolling the cat, the rolling, rolling, racks. Ca- the rolling yeah. racks. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was just like, whoa! I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> you know, um, how about for you, Barbara? What was something that, um, like really, kind of like took you aback when you you learned about something? Uh, historical and and Kankakee when you first started at the museum?
2: When I started at the museum, probably for me, what always, and that still is like, I know this, but I'm still always like, wow, is kind of how far back there is history. I mean, we were, you know, Kankakee started in the, technically in the mid 19th century, but there is a history of probably traders um, and a lot of the kind of interactions between the French Canadians and Native populations, that really goes back way farther. Um, so maybe we don't have, you know, it all documented and written out all nice and pretty, but we know that there were people, you know, probably a 100 years before that kind of mm-hmm. coming through with trading and kind of how that all connects to kind of, you know, there used to be, um, I always like to tell people about, the Everglades of the North documentary, um, which feeds into that whole trading thing. The Grand Marsh, right? Yeah, so that there was the Grand Marsh beforehand, and that really kind of extended, you know, to other parts of Illinois with, you know, the waterways and everything. I always find that fascinating to learn about because I don't know a lot about it, and I think it kind of You know, we kind of have these set points where things start. And it also, to me, it kind of shows how history, it's like, there's always kind of like, you kind of know when things start, but nothing's ever really set. Everything kind of blends out, kind of. So Mm -hmm. I always find that interesting.
0: Yeah, the Grand Marsh is one of the most interesting things, I would say, in Kankakee's history and in the Midwest in general, just because Mm -hmm. it extends so far. It went all the way to South Bend, I think, or or past South Mm -hmm. Bend, Indiana. That's, old, that's what, two hours from here? Something yeah. like that.
2: And then it kind of goes into, you know, you have the rivers with the Illinois River and yeah. the Iroquois River. Yeah, it's really interesting. I find that really interesting.
0: Yeah, and you think the, the work it must have taken to actually drain that marsh yeah, and make drenching. it farmland and all that. And it explains... Like when my grandfather was growing up on his farm in Mantino, he used to talk about there would be dozens of gardener snakes mm-hmm. all the time that they would what? kill on the farm. And now it all makes sense because <laughs> it was all marsh, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, so now when you when you see a, a, a snake in a not necessarily like At the state park or, you know, maybe it's in your backyard Mm -hmm. and it's just you're living in a subdivision in Bourbon A and there's a snake. Well, it's because (laughs) this was once just a swamp, you know, and uh, I believe they they drained it and they made it farmland. And um, it's hard to
1: imagine, though.
0: Right. It really is. Yeah. You think of like the tall prairie grass Mm -hmm. and and all that. Um, But another thing that I'm hoping maybe we can learn about more eventually is. I'm I don't know a lot about African American history mm-hmm. and even Native American history like I just know obviously the Potawatomi they were here and I know about some of the um what the you, the chiefs like Shaw and Ossie, right mm-hmm. but that's that's pretty much it like I don't know yeah, any il- more about
2: Illinois has a pretty I don't I go- I guess you could say unique relationship with Native American history because we're one of the few states, I think, I don't know if we're the only one, but we don't have a reservation. Pretty much all of the Native populations went elsewhere to Oklahoma um, and other states. So it's actually when we have, I know KCC sometimes, I remember, would have like Native American program. And a lot of the people who are descended kind of from the tribes around here are nowhere near Illinois anymore. Right. So that, that. Adds a whole dynamic to learning about that, which mm-hmm. and that kind of gets more going into like archaeology, anthropology. Um, a little, I don't want to say beyond the scope of local history, but there's a <laughs> no, lot. Of th- it, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it really does <laughs> yeah, so, go right. Yeah, it but really, yeah, that's really really interesting, as you said.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I think I'm just fascinated because I don't know. I mean, I I still don't know a ton about my French Canadian history. But I I know more about that than I do, than the the Native Americans that were here before the French Canadians started coming down here to to do fur trapping and and all that kind of thing. So, and with my family, it wasn't fur trapping; it was farming. You know, Mm -hmm. they they came here and bought farmland just about uh, the time that everyone else did in the the mid to late eighteen hundreds. You know, and uh, it it was it was cheap, I guess the farmland was cheap and that's, you know, that's how it worked. But, and for a lot of families in the area, it was the same Mm -hmm. thing. So um, let's talk about, (laughs) I remember when we first sat down and started talking about how we wanted to do this podcast once a month with the museum, one of the big things that was stressed in our meeting was uh, collecting Right. Or or, or, uh, (laughs) collecting or or taking on donations and things like that. And I'm sure you get calls all the time from people. Oh, I've got my husband's this or I got my husband's that or or it could even be just like, yeah, I think this was my grandfather's from World War Two, but I don't really know. And so when it comes to, you know. Uh, getting donations and things like that. How does that process work? And like, what's the best way to go about it? Cause I know um, there's a lot of times you've been given items that you just have no clue about and they just sit in your back room and they will be the coolest looking thing, but you don't know anything about it because they didn't, you know, give you the, 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 the person who donated it just dropped it off and, that's it. They didn't really know. Oops, mm-hmm. I'm spitting. Wow, that was embarrassing. Um, <laughs> you're good. But uh, I hope I didn't hit. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> wow, I'm glad that wasn't on camera. Um, I'm so sorry, but um, yeah. So, how does the the collecting <laughs> the collecting part come in?
2: Okay, so uh. collections. Um, fun fact: most museums. <laughs> What you see on display, which is a lot of stuff, is maybe a quarter of what, if not less, than what most museums have back in storage. Um, That's because, you know, care of items, especially when you're dealing with older items, many of which are made, you know, if they're pre-mid 20th century of natural fibers and are supposed to decay over time, Um, they can't be out for very long. They have to... You know, be preserved, which is what we're supposed to do so that future generations can learn and enjoy. Um, But the process is if what we're supposed to do is if you have an item, you're supposed to contact us, give us some brief info. Um, We'll make a meeting. If you could fill out all of the history you know beforehand, that would be preferable Um, because, you know, a lot of times people have a lot of history. And if we're just having a conversation, you're going to go home and remember 10 other things. You did, You were like, oh, yeah. Or you don't even realize because something's been with you so long that that's, you know, info's not going to be obvious to other people. And that's, you know, just a natural thing. So you're supposed to come in, we'll fill out a deed of gift form. Um, you know, sign off, you give me all the info. And that's really, a lot of people think that that's the end of the process, but there's a whole other process that comes once you donate an object. We are responsible for caring for the item, um, so that, and also preserving the history, so that means I have to then go in and accession it into a catalog Um, we have a digital catalog nowadays as most museums do um, to put that info in so if we're ever you know want to do research on it or if we want to pull up you know like with growing seasons we were like looking for milking or dairy things we can search in our database of thousands of thousands of items and be like okay here are our dairy buckets and this is where they are Um, And then to care for items, we have to use museum-grade materials. So that means purchasing acid-free boxes, acid-free tissue paper, um, climate control. We have to, you know, while you can just fold up your clothes and put them in a drawer, We can't do that, obviously, especially with older textiles, which never worked that way really in the first place. They didn't (laughs) wear T-shirts. So we have to kind of, you know, fold them certain ways, you know, put buffering in. And that all adds up. So, you know, you may donate it to us for free, but we have to pay for the materials to preserve it, the time. Um, A lot of times if something needs conservation work. Um, which is pretty, you know, not uncommon with older items made out of natural materials. That also costs, you know, something. So when you, you donate something to us, you know, it's not just you're leaving it here. We are responsible for checking on it regularly, storing it, you know, keeping data and researching it. So there's a lot that goes into a donation.
0: Yeah, it sounds so simple um, mm-hmm. to uh, on the outside and just, oh. I've got this, you know, like I said, an artifact from my great grandfather. I'm gonna go donate it, and then you're like, "Oh, okay." So now I got to do this, 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 and this, and this. Is your is is the the cataloging is that connected to like a, a statewide or national database at all? I was just curious, like if you needed yes. to like get more, you know, uh, information on a certain item, you might be able to like link it with something else that's floating out mm-hmm. there wherever you yeah know.
2: there are i think databases kind of like that but from my museum knowledge that's not the case with most museums um it's also a lot not ours our museum but like mm-hmm. if you have larger museums there's the whole imaging rights and information and all of that stuff so that gets complicated so most museums have um, digital databases. And then they may have an online database access. Like if you go on the Met or the Smithsonian, um, you know, those big museums or even the Field Museum, they have selected things online and, you know, kind of cloud-based. And a lot of museums have also because of, you know, if your museum burns down, you know, you want to have it in a cloud or something yes. so you have the info.
0: Yes, exactly. Um,
2: hopefully that never happens. But right. that's kind of a lot of museums are shifting to that. But, yeah, mm-hmm. some museums may have um, online databases that, like, the public can access. But, pretty much for the most part, each museum or collection has its database, and it may or may not have online access and then, if you want to do research, you contact that museum, their research department, and they give you info
0: okay, yeah, so many hoops, so mm-hmm. many hoops to jump through, but it's 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 really important to know all these things yeah, I feel like i'm
2: I'm always learning like just the steps of like how. Even local history works on, like, you know, you have local and then state and then federal level. yeah, there's there's a lot that goes into what makes a museum run <laughs> <laughs> absolutely,
0: absolutely. Um, so wh- what should we should we get into uh, which we get into next? You want to talk about like upcoming events? Yeah, Veronica,
1: um, but real quick,
0: oh, yeah, um, go ahead. she
1: she did mention research. We do oh, have yeah. oh, a yeah. research coordinator, Jory Walters. Um, She was very wonderful. Yeah, she's so knowledgeable. I'm looking
0: forward to talking more with her.
1: Yeah, Um, she'll be be here. (laughs) (laughs) Very helpful with um, research. So Uh if anyone is interested in learning about anything local, she is your go-to. She is there on Tuesdays and Fridays. So sometimes it might take a while to get back, but she will find the information if we have it.
0: <laughs> Wonderful.
1: So.
2: And then there's Norma and
1: Andrew. And Norma and Andrew, yes, yes, at the French Heritage Museum on Saturdays, which I would get into. Um, we'll start with the French Heritage Museum. Let's yeah, do that. We, we
0: should, yeah. I know we haven't talked much about that yeah. yet, and that's obviously a big uh, part of the Historical Society yes. and Kankakee County Museum as a whole. So, yeah, let's get into the French Heritage Museum. All
1: right. So the French Heritage Museum is open on Saturdays from 1 to 4 p.m., Um, April through December. And Norma Meyer is our genealogist. She is wonderful. Mm -hmm. If you have questions on your family lineage, she is the person to meet with, and she is there pretty much every Saturday. And if she's not, we do have forms that you can fill out, um, and we will provide her with it to contact you. Um, and Andrew is our awesome high school intern volunteer who is there every Saturday with Norma. He can also help with all this, um, great, all the great things. Um, so if you want research that's French based, they're Mm -hmm. the people to go to.
0: Yeah. It's not like we have a big French Canadian, you know, population. I mean, we are, you know, we're in the French, uh,
1: Corridor. Fr- Corridor.
0: Yeah. French, <laughs> French uh heritage, Canadian. Yeah. French heritage. I, I always forget how that long name uh goes. It's French Canadian Heritage Corridor, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, it's um it's so cool when uh you you meet all these other people and they're like, Oh yeah, my family's from you know, we're French Canadian too. And obviously Meyer, talking about Norma, mm-hmm. I mean there's one right there. Yeah. So
1: Yeah. So the French Heritage Museum, like I said, Saturdays, 1 (laughs) to 4, you're good. And we do have a new event coming up this year, which we're really excited about. It's our French Heritage Camp, and that is for um, kids ages, I believe we put 8 to 12. However, um, if they're not quite in the age range, we would still accept them um, to come learn about their French Heritage, or even if they're not french at all mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah, any, any, it, you right know?
0: anyone is is welcome yeah that's interested
1: and that is july 13th through 16th 1 to 4 p.m all of those days it's tuesday through friday and that leads us to our bastille day festival which is july 17th and that will take place mostly in the parking lot of our museum
0: of oh, the kankakee county museum of or the french or of heritage, of the french heritage. Museum. okay yes. i'm just making sure yep Okay.
1: Yes, French Heritage Museum. So, um that's we hope to keep growing into a big festival with the whole city involved, but mm-hmm. um but for now it's pretty pretty minimal. Um, <laughs> but we will have art and food, crafts and um history. So Bastille Day is um the French national holiday similar to our 4th of July. Um so it's going to be a great celebration. Come out for that. That is, again, on Saturday, July 17th from 1 to 4. Um, every year we have a family day that Norma Meyer puts on. Um, this year it is more generalized. It's a French, Canadian, and Belgian immigration day. And that will be September 25th, um, 1 to 4 p.m. And Norma puts together all this information that she spends hours and hours and hours putting together. And she actually will provide you with with paperwork if you want it. She'll send you it um, via email or download it um, onto a flash drive for you, whatever. Um, so those are great to go to as well if you're interested or if you have that kind of lineage and want to see if you are yeah, do related we, do to anyone here.
0: Do we have a lot of um, Belgian? We uh, do. I yeah. see. I didn't realize yep. that. I knew there was obviously French-Canadian, but I know there's... Um, Oh, uh, I'm going to forget now. Not Swedish. Um, Not Belgian. Now I'm going to forget the name.
2: Is it Scandinavian?
0: No, not Scandinavian. Um, Dutch. Oh, okay. Dutch. I know we have a lot of, of Dutch population here, too, or heritage. But uh, I guess I didn't realize about the Belgian.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people don't. Um, It's actually why she's doing this one this year because a lot of people think that they are of French lineage, but really it's Belgian. Really, Belgian, and went to France.
0: Okay. (laughs) Well, that
1: maybe went to Canada. uh,
0: (laughs) That makes yeah, Yeah. that makes sense. They're so close to each Mm -hmm. other. So I guess I never thought about that. Very cool. Yeah, because things, you know, eventually they, you filter through all these different countries and you finally land here in America and, you know, you're, you're kind of confused on. It's just like I always reference uh, when a lot of the Irish came through Ellis Island. They, they couldn't really pronounce their names, so they just, start, okay, you're Anderson. You know, that was their their new last name, Mm -hmm. you know. So it's like you find all these Andersons, you meet all of them, but none of them are ever related. And, you know, it all goes back to to things like that, Mm -hmm. Um, all those filters. Um, So, and are there any other events happening at the There are, there are a few more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, please, dish them out.
1: Um, So the next one, after September 25th, with the French-Canadian-Belgian immigration, would be October 23rd. Our uh, board president, Bob de Oliveira, is actually presenting on The Paris of Gertrude Stein. Um, if you're interested in learning about her, she has quite a... Yeah, what's her... Um, the name? history. Yeah, um, the name
0: sounds familiar.
1: Basically, she was wealthy <laughs> and knew a lot of artists, um, famous artists. Um, gosh.
2: Yeah, I'm not a huge... I know no. she was just like someone She's, in the twentieth century, uh, what's, what's right? I was gonna say yeah, the Gertrude like Stein name an intellectual sounds so familiar. Circle person, yeah.
0: So.
1: Okay. Um, but but an interesting person. Mm-hmm. Um, so he will be presenting on her on October twenty third, and then we will have a holiday display from November through December every Saturday. Um, Norma Meyer has quite the collection of. Awesome things, um, nativities and trees, um, (laughs) ornaments, amazing things um, from her travels. And then we will have a hot chocolate day on December 18th. All of those are Saturdays.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. So there's, you know, more reason for people to be able to come out because they don't have to work and things like that. Even if
1: you're not interested in French history, the Mm -hmm. building itself is just awesome. Yeah. You you have to see it. <laughs> yeah, I've
0: just seen the outside. Um, haven't been on the inside yet, but definitely gonna have to do that. And the Bastille Day thing sounds really cool. Yeah. So um that's something another thing I've known about and you know, haven't gone to. So it's like now it's time to start doing these yes, things, you know? It is. Um and then uh what um forgot what I was gonna ask. Um so Anything else about the French uh, Heritage Museum?
1: I don't want to confuse anyone. (laughs) Okay. But our Voyager Classic 5K. It is a run or walk, and it is actually held at the Kankakee County Museum location, but the funds for it go toward the French Heritage Museum and the French Heritage Museum, we don't ask for donations when you come in. If you'd like to give one, obviously we are so grateful. Um, but when it was left to us, when the monies w- were left to the Kanke County Historical Society to have this building become the French Heritage Museum, um, it was the wish of that donor to not have it cost anything for anyone to come learn about their French history. So um, we make these events, for the most part, Actually, every event here is free to people to come Mm -hmm. and enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is our big fundraiser. Okay. It's the Voyager Classic 5K. Yeah, you've been doing that
0: for a long time.
1: That helps keep the lights on, Mm -hmm. heated, air conditioned. Yeah. Um, And as we've said, it's the
0: oldest building in Kankakee. so. You know it costs a lot of money to maintain that, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we need all the help. And But if someone just wants to, you know, let's say they want to donate 50 bucks to the museum, like how can they do that? Whether it's the French, you know, museum or the the county museum.
1: Yeah, you can specify uh, by putting Kinky County Museum or mm-hmm. French Heritage Museum. Um, you can either come into either location and donate that way. You can... Send a check in. You can go onto our website, www.kankakeecountymuseum.com, and we do have a PayPal link at the very bottom, if you scroll down, um, that you can choose an amount to donate. Um, yeah, there's many ways to donate.
0: Okay, wonderful. And
1: participate, you well, know? Right, participating Come. is,
0: right, yeah. That's, that's huge. That's a big thing, um, because not everyone can actually donate monetarily, but... If you can just show up, that helps presence because you know one it all it takes is one person to get the word around and mm-hmm. then it gets it eventually gets around to everyone else so um it's uh it's time that uh people start realizing these things are here and and there's uh so much that can be learned from it that we can apply to what's happening today so um now, so we got the donation out of the way now. Um as I said before, this is just kind of like a general introduction into like the museum. I know we were kind of all over the place on different things, but that's just because the both <clears throat> both campuses offer so much um because we didn't even talk about the small house yeah, right or we haven't. <laughs> the, right you know and, and uh those are two big uh other things on the the county museum campus that can be checked out. I know the Taylor schoolhouse uh, originally from what Rockville mm mm-hmm. Uh, yep. in Mantino. And then, of course, small house has this the small house has always been there. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That was actually built. That, okay. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, cause that was all donated and everything from the small family. And just that house alone, there's so much history with the small family, uh, both good and bad, you know, like I'm still fascinated by, um, you know, the kidnapping that happened. Um, I'm trying to remember what, what was that the eighties or the 90s
2: I it was
0: the 80s. I want to say it was the 80s. I was going to say, I thought it was... was I was just
2: talking about this the other day with someone because they asked about it.
0: Um, You know, so there's there's the small family that has so much history in Kankakee, obviously. Um, So, and we'll definitely, that'll be something we focus on in the coming months. So, like the next time... That, you know, Veronica and Barbara or whoever else is here from the museum will specifically focus on a certain topic or a certain place in the county. So, like, I know I'm not sure, like, which one we'll be picking next, but just like to give you an idea, like some of the things we'll be covering is like mob activity in the 1920s which who doesn't love hearing about that like mm-hmm. everyone loves hearing the stories about the bootleggers and the roaring 20s and and um like i, I know i learned not too long ago there used to be a a, a still a distillery in uh, pembroke um back during that time and they would ship their alcohol up to chicago you know that things like that it's just really cool to hear about um and of course, we'll talk about Governor Small, uh, the Frank Lloyd Wright House. Uh, there's just so many different things. So, uh, from from now uh, going forth, when we have the Kankakee County Museum here, we'll be focusing specifically on on um, you know a topic like that. And uh, Riverview Hotel—that's another one I'm excited to you know to hear about. So, and uh, and Jory is the the researcher. Uh, on, uh, on this stuff. So it'll be exciting to talk to her about it. So um, anything else? I yeah. mean, that we need, I, like I said, I just.
1: Our upcoming event at the Kankakee County Museum is the Rhubarb Festival. It's the first event since last year. <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: COVID. We all uh, know that. Yeah.
1: So it is our 31st annual Rhubarb Festival on May 23rd. It is a Sunday. It'll be from 10 to 4 and it's also the opening day for the Kankakee Art League show which will be in the George Gray Barnard room.
0: Okay, that Barbara you you mentioned that earlier yes. I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um now this that, that's probably your biggest yes. event of the year. Um, it's it's always been well attended. It seems like it it gets more obviously we all know about the whole covid <laughs> thing, but before covid, it it seemed like the numbers just kept going up and I I, I know at this point your vendors Are are not being accepted any longer, right? Are you are you still still accepting accepting vendors? Oh, okay, cool. Um,
1: Outside, right? But they are all all outside. Yeah, Yeah. because
0: before you would have some of them in the um, auditorium. We're
1: we're to our capacity for COVID guidelines in the auditorium. Yeah,
0: because you have to have everyone spaced out a certain. Yes, even
1: outside we have to have them spaced out. quite a distance now. Right,
0: exactly. Um, But I mean, you've got a lot of room. We do, (laughs) (laughs) you know, on the grounds there. And and hopefully, fingers crossed, the weather will, (laughs) you know, will hold out for that. Um, But uh, that's exciting. Yeah. And um, so that's when again?
1: May 23rd. Okay, Coming up soon.
0: And if someone wants to get more information on that, I know there's a Facebook event for it.
1: There is. Um, We also have um, information online for it. Or you can re- call the Kinkakee County Museum.
0: And what are okay, some yeah. of the things besides, like, the art gallery there? Like, for someone that has only just, like, heard about the Rhubarb Festival, like, what what are—from I from the, the, the couple times I've been, it's just there's all kinds of different vendors mm-hmm. there, um, but also different things happening with the museum, like the art. Um, exhibit or the art gallery
1: yeah it's a good opportunity to come check out uh, the growing seasons exhibit and pick up <laughs> your copy of the book <laughs> uh, we also do uh, the museum does have a, di- a dime toss um, which is always a hit especially with kids they like to oh, yeah. toss the dimes into the glassware and yeah. then you get to take the glassware home right um, and we do sell jam and uh, pie we have rhubarb pie and strawberry rhubarb pie you can purchase slices or the entire pie.
0: I would just prefer to, to get the entire pie. Yeah. yeah. You can't go wrong with strawberry rhubarb pie. It's just so good. And then <laughs> will the outbuildings be open oh, for yes. a little bit? Um,
2: so
1: the, this year we're doing it a little bit different for opening up the um, schoolhouse and the Dr. Small House. Those will only be available for a tour from 2 to 4
0: p.m. Okay. Okay. But they will be open, though, yes. if people want to see them. From 2 to That'll 4. be cool because those are some of the coolest parts of the museum. So, and uh look forward to talking about those more in the future too. So, um I can't think of anything else on my end unless
2: oh, you- she- do you want to, if, you know, we have volunteer and internship Oh, yeah, we should yes. talk about that, too. Yes. <laughs> we want to um, get that. Out. There's so, so many things to yeah. include
0: in an introduction. Yeah. It's like it's hard to it's hard to get it all yeah. together. But, yeah. Um,
2: With co- COVID especially, I know that there's a lot of high schoolers or college students who are looking to get those hours in or something. Um, and fun fact, if you come volunteer at the museum, you get to touch all of the things you're not supposed to touch. Ooh, <laughs> so, maybe I should volunteer. You yeah. <laughs> get to come to the bathroom. And you know, handle all of that cool stuff, mm-hmm. you know, with supervision. But, I just um, love
0: looking at all the the different uh, pieces of art that were <laughs> hanging yes. up in that back room. That 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 alone was cool. Hung
1: so well,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not how they're hung. It's just the pieces themselves are just yes, really fascinating. They are yeah, yeah. Um, and if if someone's interested in volunteering or internships yeah. I assume they have to talk directly to you Veronica I'll, or
1: they can just reach out to the museum in general I'll probably be the one talking to them mm-hmm. yes um, but if they want to just give the museum a call or email us at Kankey County museum at gmail.com um, we'll we'll set them up but we are also able there's a wide variety of things that we do at the museum so we're able to kind of accommodate what kind of internship or volunteership you're looking for
0: mm-hmm. yeah because I'm, I'm sure it's from um you know uh just watching the door for people to mm-hmm. come in or cleaning or or going through some of those yeah, archives you yeah. don't have
2: to be a history person or even interested in history we have marketing you know we have the whole digital aspect of the database if you're a computer nerd we could use your help <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i know i could yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah pretty much you know anything Pretty much any subject can be, you know, applied in a museum. If you're interested in textiles like I am, you can, I don't know, come work with our textile collection. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're into military stuff, you can help us figure out what a lot of the things are, more research um, or how to care for them. So there's something for everyone.
0: Okay, awesome. That's that's great to know. Well, Veronica and Barbara from the Kankakee County Museum. Thank you so much for for being here this thank you. this early thank you. before before you have to go <laughs> to the museum uh, for the day. And um, I'm really excited for for next month, whichever topic yeah. we're going to pick next. Um, and we'll make sure to uh, to let everyone know ahead of time. Just kind of give you a tease, but it'll be interesting. And um, you'll hopefully learn something about Kankakee County that you didn't know before. So, um, and yeah, the, the important thing to take away from from this episode is just to check out the Kankakee County Museum, the French Heritage Museum, um, whether it's just visiting and, and um, either campus or both of them or checking out the Rhubarb Festival. I mean, there, there's so many things, even if it's just one of those things, it, it really does go a long way. So, um. Thank you again, ladies.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
0: That concludes this episode of Kankakee Podcast. I'm Jake Lamore. Thank you so much for being here. Been getting a lot of positive feedback about the podcast, and uh, I, I cannot thank you uh, enough for all the love and support. So uh, next week we will be back with another episode Monday. Once again, we put out a new episode each and every Monday, and that will be May 24th with public speaker Kent Wade, and I cannot wait for you to hear that one. This is a really good story about how uh, Kent became to be a a well-known public speaker in Kankakee. He's got an amazing story that I think you'll be very fascinated by. So make sure you subscribe to us wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, or uh, you can just... uh, Be sure to listen at kankakeepodcast.com. You could go a step further, though, and uh, sign up for our mailing list at kankakeepodcast.com because I'll send you an email each time there's a new episode available for you to listen to. We're also on social media, Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, all of those at Kankakee Podcast. If you want to reach out to me about uh, getting involved with the podcast or there's something you want to let me know about, whatever it may be, you can shoot me an email at podcast at gmail.com. There's also a contact form at kankakeepodcast.com if uh, you prefer to fill that out and reach out to me that way. So please do that, and I look forward to talking to you next Monday. Our theme song is by Lupe Carroll.